Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. food. First, see what you think about these summertime flavors of Doritos. You can either buy a bag of ketchup Doritos or a bag of mustard Doritos. Ugh. Uh, Second, ready to be nostalgic, McDonald's just released a Grimace birthday meal. It's a Big Mac or 10-piece chicken McNuggets plus fries and a berry-flavored purple shake. Yes, it's purple. And finally, in the world of food, if you had artificial intelligence create a delicious pizza, what would be the result? Hmm. Well, Jet's Pizza gave it a try, and it is... A ranch veggie pizza. Yeah, ranch is the sauce. Mozzarella, feta, mushrooms, onions, green peppers, black olives, and tomatoes. And uh, because artificial intelligence created it, they made a promotion around it, and they're putting on the menu for a month. We had something on uh, vacation pizza that was phenomenal. It was one of those uh, four cheese pizzas, but that isn't what made it phenomenal. They put a hot honey sauce, like drizzled it on it. Oh my god! And there was a red sauce it below was the so cheese. So good, and then it was the, the, like oh, regular wow. four cheese pizza, and uh-huh. then they put this honey hot sauce on top of it. It was so good. We were at Trader Joe's the other day, and they had honey hot sauce. We bought it specifically to put on pizza. Oh wow! It was that it's a good new thing. That's fascinating. Yeah, it was so good. It was like the sweet and the hot, and then the cheesy and the, oh. Guess what I'm going to have for dinner? Tonight? <laughs> I'm thinking about it already. Have you ever gotten fired or quit a job? Coming up, this lady decided to. Play a prank on her office. Have you ever gotten fired? This lady got laid off and decided to play a prank on her office. She printed out a ton of images of herself. And there were little speech bubbles where she'd be saying various things. (laughs) She stuck them everywhere in the office to show that she'd never actually leave. And the best part is that she numbered them and skipped some of the numbers. So that they'd never think they were they had found all of the pictures of her. <laughs> There's a TikTok of her laughing maniacally about it. Wow. She's cracking herself up. Okay, I have a question for you. As a family, when you're on a road trip, do you have a hard time deciding as a family where you're going to stop for food? We're going to talk about that next. When your family's on a road trip or maybe you're just uh, going to a soccer game or something, do you have a hard time deciding, all of you, on where you're going to stop Um, I was talking to a family the other day who had just um, driven about eight hours on a road trip. And they have this thing they do where they get up while it's still pitch dark at like five o'clock in the morning and just put the kids in the car and start driving. And the kids usually fall back asleep for a while. And then they finally, when it's light out and mom and dad can use little breaks, stretch the legs, they stop for breakfast. Well, they ended up starting at Chick-fil-A. And getting chicken biscuits and egg bowls and stuff like that for three of the four family members. Then the one child wanted flapjacks, so they went over to McDonald's. And everyone in the family wanted their special coffee, so they went to Starbucks. (laughs) I was like, wow, that makes the road trip long if you've got to stop at three different places. And I was wondering, Kev, if you've seen that in your family with a a family of of six. I I have a question first. Um, Who was driving? Was dad driving? Uh, trying to think. At that point, probably it was dad. Yeah. Wow. Dad's got to get his dad card punched there because that's that's a dad foul. No, dad's got to take control of that situation and say no, <laughs> no, 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 no. We are not pulling off till we decide on one place. What if dad was the one who wanted the special coffee? <laughs> then that would be the one place. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just saying, a road trip, that's way, way too long of a stop. Isn't that wild? And Three what, different places? Who does that? So when you guys would, would caravan in two different cars to the beach, would you guys all decide on the same place? I will give you guys. Monitored by dad? I will give you guys the ultimate place to stop. The best place to stop with multiple family members. I'm not saying everybody's going to be thrilled, but everybody can find something. I'll tell you where it is next. So I only know this place to stop when you're on a road trip to make everybody in the ha- in the family, if not happy, at least satisfied uh, from experience. Like I asked who was driving because it was dad uh, and your your whoever your friends were, and they stopped at three different places in one stop. Unacceptable. Dad's got to do better than that. And here's what you and I've been in that position before. I don't want that. I don't want that. The perfect place on a road trip where everyone can find something that they will at least be satisfied with, if not happy, is Subway. Subway is the place to go. That's true. They do have breakfast. Oh, yeah. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You can go go to Subway. You can go to Subway, and everyone is happy. You're not going to get a mocha mocha frappe latte at 72 degrees Fahrenheit with just a drizzle of cinnamon. You will not get that, but But you will get coffee. You will get coffee. I had no idea. Yes, they have everything that you could need on one stop, and someone will find a sandwich they like be it breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and you can get on with the purpose of the trip, which is not to have everybody's culinary dreams come true. The purpose of the trip is to get from point A to point B. When you get to point B, then you can like argue about where you're going to go to eat for dinner, or everybody picks, everybody gets their place one night. But on the road trip, no. The code of the road says, Subway. All this is so foreign to me because my mom and dad made us pack a cooler so we didn't get to stop. We would stop on the side of the road and eat our PB&Js. <laughs> Mushed down for me in the cooler. Yeah, and everything <laughs> smelled and tasted like bananas. Because mom would make bana- bring bananas to have on our cereal the next morning in the hotel room. <laughs> Memories. Taylor's mom, she wanted it to be a history lesson. Like This was what it was like for people when they, when they came over from Europe and, and landed at Ellis Island. This is how they ate on their trips. And you're like, but mom... <laughs> Even when we went to the mall, we had to pack a lunch. Everyone else is getting an orange Julius and I got a juice box. (laughs) Do you remember the feeling when you first realized your husband is also an incredible father? One mom set out to define some of the best traits a dad can have when leading his kids. And uh, here's a couple of them. Number one, patience. Takes a lot of patience after a long, hard day at work to help your kids with homework or read that bedtime story. Number two, Active listening. Being a great dad means avoiding monologues and working to really listen to your kids. Number three, integrity, modeling good behavior. And the fourth trait that makes men great dads, avoiding micromanaging. Uh, She says effective dads know when to help and when to step back. Micromanaging a child or an employee, you know, doesn't allow people to feel like they have any control over their circumstances. It's interesting, a list you just shared of what makes for a good dad. And, and my dad, like every dad, like me as a dad, a mixed bag, some good stuff, some stuff you're like, oh, wish we could have done that differently. But, uh, you know, dads all try really hard. And um, I have a prayer request for my dad I'll share with you coming up in just a minute. And also something he told me about life the other day when we were chatting on the phone, I thought was it just kind of slipped out. I think it was really profound. We'll talk about it next. So with Father's Day coming up, yeah, we're talking a lot about dads and and Taylor just had a great list of some of the attributes that make for a great dad. But there's so much more than just a list of like, do this, this, this and this and you're a great dad. There's there's no list that'll say like your kids being able to feel 
your compassionate heart when something goes wrong. You know, that's not something you can check off on a list. That's something that just is there as a dad. And and I was talking to my dad. And by the way, I have a prayer request for him. He's getting ready to go into surgery probably any minute now. Um, he's having some issues with his legs. He's 87 years old. He's still out doing his landscaping business. He didn't even take a break when they said, hey, you need to get off that leg. He's like, okay. And he kept cutting the lawns because he's incredible. he's on a he says I'm on a tractor. I'm not even walking. It's fine. Wow. I was praying for him so, on my trail run yesterday. Oh, so wow, we'll all continue to pray. So he's uh yeah he's having some surgery today. So please keep in your prayers because you know somebody's that age. Even though he doesn't like to think about it. Yeah, that's it's always dicey when they they have anesthesia and everything. But anyhow, we were on the phone the other night when he was telling me about this upcoming surgery, and I was sharing with him some of the. As you can imagine, we have four kids, so we've got family drama. It seems like all the time I was sharing, uh, you know, our little family dramas with him. And, uh, you know, he's a dad. He has five kids, four boys, one girl. Uh, My wife and I, we have four, three girls, one boy. And I said, you know, when they're born and when they're little and when they're coming up, you never know what's ahead. You never know the the adult dramas that are coming around every bend. I said, it can be a long road sometimes. And he just paused and goes, yeah, but you know what? You always got to look at it from the big picture. And the big picture, life is really good. Wow, that's awesome. Wow, at 87 years old, to be able to Mm. say life is really good. I thought that is something. So, And he's had his ups and downs. He isn't perfect like all of us. He hasn't been a perfect dad, but he's been a really good one. Um, Like you're probably, you know, a really good mom. You have your good days, your bad days. Really good dad. You have your good days, your bad days. You have some things you wish you could get a do-over with. And what I'm learning, uh, particularly with my kids, as they become adults, is those things you would like to have a do-over with. Just try to be as honest as you can with them and let them know, like, hey, and it could have been something from years ago that's bugging you. You'd be like, you know what? I really didn't get it right on that one. Will you forgive me? I think you'll be surprised at the response. You ever have this happen to you? You think you just when you think you can't get any more accident prone, you do. (laughs) It was so bad last night. It looked like a crime scene in my kitchen. I'll tell you what happened next. Does this ever happen to you just when you think you can't get any more accident prone? You do. I mean, yesterday I walked into a wall. My husband watched it happen and he goes, notice I didn't even say anything. And I said, yes. (laughs) Thanks for that. Thanks for letting it go. (laughs) Just ignore it because it's so embarrassing. Hmm. Well, last night um, we had had... um, we had hosted family from out of town for a couple of days, and then I invited my sister and my niece over to help us eat up the leftovers from some food that we hadn't eaten, some stuff I had made. And they they we talked way too long. It's my fault. Um, and they left at like nine o'clock, and I still had to kind of get things ready for work. I had to get my breakfast ready, and one of the things I've been bringing to work is some Greek yogurt. Well, I had the yogurt in my hand and I don't know what happened, but it dropped out of my hands. It crashed on the floor. The plastic, plastic tub of yogurt burst open. (laughs) And I'm not kidding you. There was yogurt 10 feet away. It was splattered on my legs, on my shoes, on the counters, on the refrigerator. It was everywhere. And I went, oh, no. And Glenn had his back to me. He was in the the other room and he just goes, do you need help? And I went, yes, I do. do. (laughs) It took us 20 minutes at least to clean Mm -hmm. it all up. And I know our kitchen will never be the same. Oh, you're going to be finding yogurt splatters for years to come. Oh, (laughs) 100%. He just texted me uh, like a minute ago and he said, he said something like, um, 
the kitchen seems healthier, like its immune system is stronger because there's probiotics all over it. Uh, I'm such a loser. I don't know why I'm so accident prone. It's just ridiculous. And all I wanted to do was go to bed, like get that one last thing done. I had already brushed my teeth. I had done everything else. I just wanted to go to bed. You know what you should do to make sure it's cl- everything's clean? Yeah. Pull that trick that I did. Remember last week, I, I dumped five gallons of water out on oh, our yeah. kitchen counter and floor. Yeah, I forgot. Just do that, <laughs> and it'll rinse everything off. There you go. We're good to go. <laughs> That's such a shame. You dropped the whole thing of yogurt. Was It was full? The container um, of yogurt? A little bit had been taken out for me to make oatmeal pancakes, but it was, it was fairly full, yeah. Pretty full on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was you're, a getting mess. A, you're getting a brief glimpse of what it's like to have kids. Yeah. <laughs> because your kids would do that kind of clean, like 75% clean it up. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be finding yogurt for days and days <laughs> after going, where did this, where did all this yogurt come from? And no one would fess up. Really? At, at least, Ooh. you know, you were the culprit. Yep. It's all <laughs> and, me. And you and Glenn pretty much 100% cleaned it up. And when the sun is, you know, because it was dark when we were cleaning it up. It was late at night. So mm-hmm. when the sun's shining on the kitchen, I got to go over it all again because I'm sure there's particles and things that I missed. <laughs> it was so bad. And you'll always, I, you'll always wonder, fly. every smell that'll yeah. happen, you'll wonder, oh, is that that yogurt? <laughs> yeah. I said to Glenn, I go, great. Our kitchen will never be the same again. There's, It's impossible. <laughs> we got to move. That's it. This is so cool because you as a mom or a dad, I I hear you talk about how you teach your kids or as a teacher, you can do anything if you set your mind to it. And so this little girl from Alabama is kind of setting an example for all of us. And uh, ironically, um, her name is Mary Claire and her last name is Cook. So think Cook in the Kitchen and also think cookies because they learned that Oh, no, Alabama does not have an official state cookie. I didn't know any state had one. Um, She is from Montgomery, Alabama, and there was a contest to determine the state cookie, and Mary won. She named her cookie the Yellow Hammer, and it features two oatmeal cookies with peanut butter filling in between. It's pecans, oats, and peanuts, and it has peanut butter filling in the middle. Doesn't that sound good? Mm. And that represents things that are grown all over their fine state of Alabama. And I just thought that was the coolest thing, that a fourth grader would win a contest like that out of everybody who entered. I'm making a note. I got to check to see if our state has a state cookie. And if not, (laughs) I'm going to submit for one. You should totally go for it. And the patent. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Every every state function moving forward, right? (laughs) All you need to do is get one state congressman on your side. Hey, you need to pass a bill. At every state function, these cookies are required. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking about retirement there. Uh, It's a great idea. Coming up, have you ever found something odd while cleaning out a closet or a basement? Have you ever found something odd or strange while cleaning out a closet or a basement? A couple in L.A. were cleaning out their parents' basement last year, and they found at least a million copper pennies in a crawl space. That's like $10,000. They're not sure what was up, but they think their parents strategically converted their paychecks into pennies thinking the value of copper would go up. Uh, Penny's been made with zinc since the 1980s. But the couple can't find any takers, including banks, who are like, do not bring us those pennies. 
And then it's too many to bring to Coinstar at the grocery store. And mm. there they'd have to pay 8%. Mm. So they've put them up for bid. <laughs> for They're worth $10,000. They put it up for bid at $25,000. And so far, nobody wants them. <laughs> Thanks, mom and dad, for all right. the loose change. <laughs> Converting your paycheck into pennies. <laughs> you know the dad was like taking a sip of coffee. Babe. I got our retirement right, plan nailed. Genius. I've got this. Copper's going to go sky <laughs> such high. A genius. Oh, man. Get your portfolio on how you can convert your paycheck to copper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, well. He, you know what? He was a visionary. <laughs> yeah. We'll give him that. <laughs> wow. I've never heard you like I just snorted. <laughs> I just snorted. I pulled the tailors and she snorted. <laughs> So let's talk about weird stuff you found while you were cleaning. Maybe the attic, maybe the basement, maybe your kid's room. Whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you. What's the weirdest thing you found while you were doing some cleaning? Hey, Karen, it's Kevin and Taylor. So we're talking about finding weird stuff when you're cleaning out an attic or a basement. How about you? We found in a cedar chest that was probably, I don't know, 60, 70 years old, a silk pillowcase that my mom had, and it contained every letter that my father had written to her while they were dating, and he was in the Army in Europe, and there were 149 of them, and she numbered every letter in the order that she got it. And the really sweet thing was, some of the envelopes had lipstick prints on them where she had kissed the envelope before she ever opened it. No kidding. Wow. That is precious. Did you read them all? We haven't read them all. We have them. Also, them, he couldn't tell her where he was because of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And this was in the 1950s. And we found out that at one point he was guarding what became the Berlin Wall. Wow. wow. No kidding. Whoa. Yeah, that's wild. Cool. Literally a part of history. That is really cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. What a find. All right. Y'all have a good day. Hey, Belinda, we're talking about cool stuff you found while doing some cleaning. What did you find? Actually, it wasn't me. It was one of my cousins. Her mother had passed away, and she was going through the things after that had taken place. And so her mother had grown up during the Depression era when, you know, you just didn't throw things away. It was a way to do that. She found hundreds of plastic butter cups, like, (laughs) you know, like the margarine, like hundreds of them, as well as boxes of crinkled up tinfoil. Because you might need them again one day. You never know. Yes, please tell me you gave the butter tubs to a vacation Bible school. (laughs) Craft time. I actually think she had rented a huge dumpster and was just getting rid of everything because she had found a lot of stuff like that. Even, I mean, she would even like fold that paper towels that she had dried her hands with. I mean, it was crazy. You didn't, you just didn't throw things away back in that era. Yeah, I get that. It all of her life. That's it. That's a woman after my own heart because I, I invented the rip the paper towel in half um, before they started selling them that way. <laughs> I was say, well, you know they sell them that way now. So. <laughs> they do. They do. Well, thanks for sharing that. What what an interesting find. So chances are, as a family nowadays, because of technology, you've texted each other within your house, right? I mean, it's happened from time to time. But uh, as a parent, tell me if this has ever happened to you. I was talking to a mom, and she's got two sons, and she works from home. Um, And so she's down in the lowest level of the house in the basement in her office, working, trying to provide for the family. 
And she gets a text from her older son who's three levels up in his bedroom. And I'm not making this up. Her son texts, Mom, will you bring me a glass of water? Wow. <laughs> She's like, she texts Man. it back. No, you can get your own water. And you're not going to believe it, but he talked his little brother into bringing him a glass of water. Mm. (laughs) When I heard that story, I was like, oh, man, the stuff that you parents go through with your kids. There's something new every day. I heard that story. I thought that kid needs to either go into sales or politics. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Because he's really good at convincing people to do stuff they don't want to do. Right. (laughs) And then the way he talked his little brother into doing it. That's what I mean. That's amazing. That's why maybe sales is for him. He didn't take no as a a roadblock. No, I just just go to somebody else. (laughs) I'll keep going until I get a yes or or maybe politics. Either one that 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 talent needs to be funneled in the right direction. Bottom line, you parents are saints. So these little phones that we've given our kids, they have changed our lives inner interpersonal dynamics within the house. Like you were talking about the kid texting saying, bring me a glass of water. That's, that's like next level. They've changed them for the worse and for the better. There's some good things with texting each other, too. We'll talk about that next. So we're talking about texting uh, within the same household. And my family's definitely done that, especially at dinner time. Instead of like yelling upstairs and everybody's got their AirPods in and they can't hear you anyway, yeah. you you just send a text, right? It's easier mm-hmm. and it gets everybody uh, hopefully to the table. But here's the upside of texting. Our kids, um, youngest is 21. Uh, mo- for the most part, they're on their own. So uh, sometimes we're in different cities. Like the other day, what I'm going to share with you, my wife and I, we were at a festival in another state. Our son was in Nashville, and our other daughter was in the city that she lived in. And I sent a video of a band playing a a song. And I said, first one of our kids that can name this tune wins $10 from dad. And the string of comments that came after that, my son Kyle was the first one. He's like, oh, I'd know that anywhere. That's Sweet Caroline by Aerosmith. (laughs) Sweet Caroline was done by Neil Diamond. Oh. <laughs> so he, he was being funny. That's so I'm, I'm texting. I remember we're all in different cities. I put that they teach you at Berkeley College of Music. That's where he went to school. He's like, ha ha ha. I'm sorry that you got to fight for your right to party by Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Which That song was done by the Beastie Boys. So my wife responded, hmm. And I started responding back with just goofy songs. And then my daughter Amber was like, you guys are blowing up my phone and I love it. But Aww. we're all in different cities. That's so, so sweet. that's the, the upside of texting. I don't know if you felt that in your family, too. But the upside of it is you could be literally in different parts of the world and all of you are connected in a single conversation. It is really special. Isn't because, it? Of, yeah, because of texting. So the downside, yes, the snarky kid will ask, hey, mom, bring me a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> the upside is no matter where you are in the world, you can be in touch like that. And that that is pretty cool. So are you heading into work or are you still one of those fortunate people who can work from home? Here's a lot of businesses are saying, you got to get back in, got to get back into the workplace. We're opening, reopening the office. Like I think it was a Google just announced three days a week. People were throwing a fit. Um, but there is a, um, I don't know if this guy is an office expert or whatever, but he's saying there's a reason why offices, why they're saying you've got to come back into work and we have no one to blame but ourselves. We'll talk about it next. Are you wondering why so many offices are saying, hey, we all got to start going back into work Um, here at the radio station? It was one day a week. Now it's three days a week that uh, full staff's got to be in. And I, th- I thought it was about productivity. From the, the boss thinks people are more productive if they're in the office. Is that why? saying we have no one to blame but ourselves. And it's because, and this is from a office guru, uh, how offices 
thrive and synergize and do all this stuff. He's saying that it's because initially um, people were really good at getting their stuff done at home. And then that tapered off dramatically. Ooh. Um, and it, and he's saying that um, at first bosses were like, oh, the numbers are still there. All the metrics seem to be working. If this is good, then let's because uh, they saw like maybe we can just ditch this whole office thing and save some money. Yeah. But then all the metrics that they measure things by started tanking and they were like, Ooh. Row. Um, and he further said the reason that things sustained for so long with people working from home is the at-work infrastructures were all in place, and they had that to rely on. So things, they they hummed along for a little while. Hmm. Um, I guess, like, maybe, I don't know, this is my own analogy, not his, maybe, like, your car, something minor goes wrong, and then a couple other things start going wrong, and then all of a sudden you're pulling off on the side of the road. Interesting. Because <laughs> all these little things went wrong. Yeah, he's saying the base, basically the inertia or momentum that had already been built up kept things moving forward for a while but that they've nosedived and companies are like oh no we got to do something we can't keep going like this fascinating because it's not like you said like i thought you were going to say it's when you said it's our own fault like we're doing laundry or we're working on all our side jobs or it was something like that but it's actually like like you said they well they were something caused the and... drop off it may in fact be that it may yeah. be that you're playing with your cat when you're supposed to be doing <laughs> spreadsheets he's not he's not like doesn't have a camera in everybody's house right something happened that there was a drop-off, and companies are like, we're not about drop-offs, we're about growth. Right. So they're having none of it. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be an interesting, I don't know, six months to a year with everybody, because no one wants to go back in. If you've been home working in your yoga pants, the last thing in the world you want to do is have to spend an hour getting ready, fight traffic, go into the office and do all that stuff. But they are saying it, and I've been saying it all along, I need a place to go to called work if I'm going to be productive. If I'm at home, too many distractions. I've got my wife. I've got my dogs. I've got my kids in and out. I've got my guitars. I've got all this stuff. The pool is constantly beckoning this time of the year. (laughs) You know, too many distractions for me, at least me personally, to be a productive person. I have to go into a place called work. So what do you think? Do you think this guy is on to something? Do you think there's something there? Are we uh, all a little guilty of having maybe a productivity dip and it is time to put on our good clothes and go back to work. Hey, Candace, what do you think? Has productivity dipped and people need to start heading back into the office? Hey there. I I do think that there's likely situations of that. However, I work with a group of people that are highly productive being um, remote. uh, And I think it just needs to fit the job, the situation, and the person. Hmm. What what do you think about this? This other business expert says that um, that new workers – just you know, just entering the company or whatever, a lot of what they pick up, they pick up by what he calls osmosis. It's not a seminar. It's not a training book. It's not a manual. It's them working in person with other people to pick things up. And managers pick up on who the young stars are that way, and that's how you'll get promoted. Do you think we're losing that with people working from home? Well, I do believe that cultures take a hit uh, when you've got your workforce working from home. Mm. Um, but I hope that our organizations can get creative to solve for that without punishing those that are highly productive. Again, according to the nature of the job, not yeah. all jobs are made you know, to be remote, um, but a lot are these days. And yeah. I hope that we don't you know, step back into what we've gained um, prior to the pandemic. Are you working from home? Uh, not today. It's today's the day that I'm in the office. <laughs>